to computer. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome back to the Cyber Law Revolution podcast. I'm your host, Spencer Pollack, cybersecurity and privacy attorney with McDonald Hopkins. As always, keep those questions, calls, comments coming, 410-917-5189, or email me at spollock, that's S as in Sam, P as in Paul, O-L-L-O-C-K at mcdonaldhopkins.com. Very excited today to have one of my good friends and one of the heavy hitters in the industry, Larry Baldino, the president of Cyber Tech and Professional Liability for Dual Commercial. Larry, thank you so much for joining the show. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's great to be here, Spencer. Thank you for very much for having me. Great to have you. Um, let's jump into it because you and I have had a lot of the conversations you know, leading up to this and in the past almost year, year and a half. The first thing I really want to talk about is kind of your viewpoint and perspective about how to remove uh, pain points from insureds, almost with the relationship and synergy between the insurer, the breach coach, forensics, everything, especially when you have that, you know, the boom, the cyber incident, the data breach. Can you kind of talk about that and give some thoughts about that? Yeah, sure. So, you know, in my almost 20 years of being in the industry, one thing one thing I always found pretty interesting was at the time of loss, uh, the what the insert is going through, basically. So, you know, the scenario unfolds, insured's locked for ransom. We'll just take ransomware for, for low-hanging fruit here. Insured's locked for ransom. And it's all, it all stems on the fact that they clicked on an email or, you know, allowed some intrusion into the network. Basically, they feel that their trust has been violated, right? So system is locked up, trust has been violated, and now all of a sudden they go to put the claim in. So now at the time of a claim, somebody calls them who they may or may not know, most likely not. It was just, you know, a name that they saw on the policy. Somebody calls them and says, trust me, I will uh, take care of this breach. You know, that would be yourself. And then they say, trust me, I have all my friends coming in to do incident response and all these other things. And oh, by the way, we all need access to your network. We need to look at your forensics. We need to do all this. The insurance sitting there, already stressed, already in a tense situation and says, well, wait a second. It was that mistrust that got me, um, that got me in trouble in the, it was that, or I'm sorry, it was that trust that got me in trouble in the first place. So why, why am I here to trust you now? So that's why I always feel that the best thing to do is when a policy is bound and before any, any actions take place on your policy, uh, the insured should have should establish a firm relationship with the carrier as well as with the breach coach and even go as far as introducing them to incident response vendors and, and the like. So, you know, that's kind of what I mean. It, it, it's a it's always it's a tense situation that's made worse when the experts come in because now the insured you know just has no trust for anyone. Yeah, I mean, you hit on a lot of really good points and a lot of the problems that I face when I get a call from you, right? And that one of your insurers is, just as an example, this has never happened because, you know, we work very well with your insurers and kind of get to meet them beforehand. But just in general, right? When you get a call from an insurer 
and I have to get on the phone with someone, immediately they just think I'm working directly for the insurer and they don't trust me. So to establish that trust beforehand, as you were kind of talking about, I think is crucial and critical. And one part that, you know, uh, look, I'm I'm at fault for this as well, for not spending enough time to try to get to know the insurance beforehand, to create those relationships, because we're all kind of just go, go, go. But to form that kind of bond and get that synergy between us, you all and the insured does make it a lot more comfortable for them when something happens. And I think it is a big value add. Um, let's shift to kind of where the market is, because, you know, I've had a lot of conversations and, you know, you're you're knee deep in this in terms of the underwriting, where the market is going. And I've been hearing a lot of whispers that we're shifting out of uh, the hard market, right? Because obviously that was a big deal that we shifted into a hard market and now we're back into more of a soft market. What are you seeing and where do you think we're going with that? Yeah, so that's an excellent question. And I've, I've kind of seen both ends of the spectrum. So my answer to that is we're somewhere in the middle. I would say we are in a soft market light, meaning carriers are definitely starting to behave a little more like they did in 19 and 20, kind of prior to where everything started to uh, erupt on the on the ransomware and DDoS front. Um, however, that being said, I think a lot of lessons have been learned. And I run through this, you know, as I'm battling and trying to build out my capacity placements and, and, and attachments. Um, I do feel that the market has gotten religion in the sense. So we aren't seeing quite the price reductions. We aren't seeing quite the, the uh, coverage being given away like it was before. Very few carriers are doing anything higher than 5 million limits. Um, you know, of course, there are outliers. So, so you could be listening to this podcast and say, well, I did, I did just place, you know, $10 million in insurance with one carrier on a, on an MSP, for example. I'm sure there's, there's still some of that going on out there, but the trend is definitely softer. I mean, the, the, the triple digit rate increases we were seeing for the last consecutive terms and, and, you know, the double digits being in the mid 50 to 60 percent range, those days are, are likely over. But I still would argue that, you know, the market is in a much better spot than it was prior to, you know, the last couple of years. And what do you think some things that could really influence the market one way or the other that could happen, say, the next six months? Because I feel like and correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the cyber market shifts pretty quickly, unlike other areas of insurance. What do you think that could happen that could move the dial? It, it does. You're, you're absolutely right. And, and, it, and it would be kind of the next evolution. So, you know, there is talk of ransomware part two. We've seen that kind of expand further. Um, this whole concept of artificial intelligence, if that, should that fall into the wrong hands and we start seeing um, you know, some compromised claims related to AI. I could think of more of the, you know, invoice fraud, funds transfer fraud type things being spurred on by artificial intelligence. Um, the other thing is we've seen a rise of, of DDoS attacks, at least I have in, in, in my experience and looking out in sort of the geopolitical landscape. And if, you know, Ukraine and Russia, they've kind of been a little bit occupied with each other. 
But if the, you know, cyber arms of, of either state start, you know, working in such a way, you know, that will have a material impact on our market. I mean, we already have seen war exclusions being amended, changed and clarified by Lloyd's and, 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 and frankly, other, other large carriers have, have done it as well. Um, and so anything that goes on along those lines, I think will, you'll see the, you'll see the market shift. On the flip side, all these great technologies and controls that we're seeing come into the market, you know, the scanning, the, the, you know, behind the firewall, the intrusiveness and all that. If that, if that pays off and we enter back into a relative period of calm, you'll see the market sort of, you know, switch, you know, shift the other way, if, if, if that makes sense. So. You know, the way I see it for those who aren't, you know, actively in the cyberspace on a daily basis, but, but are in insurance works very, it works very similar to sort of the, the cat property market. When you look at the hurricanes, when they're, when the wind doesn't blow, prices, you know, relax. Um, but you know, in, in these periods of volatile weather, you see, you see, you know, things become very difficult. Yeah, I like that analogy with the the cat analogy in terms of when the wind does blow, you know, obviously you're going to get higher premiums. So when you get the increase in upticks and ransomware that you're going to see the market shift. Um, one one thing I always like to discuss is, in your opinion, especially for smaller mid-sized businesses, what's ways that they can improve their posture? So when they come to you at, that you say, all right. Spencer's widget shop has done X, Y, and Z to put them in a position to be more secure and be uh, a more attractive insured, right? To get a better rate from, from Larry. So I would say take advantage of all the offers. So the whole concept of the active continuous monitoring, active enablement, um, you know, scanning, scanning your networks and, you know, notifying you of vulnerabilities and stuff like that. That's all there to help. It's not a gotcha tool. It's not something that is intrusive because the insurance company needs, you know, analytics to be, you know, where they are or all that. I would take advantage of all those services. I mean, everybody... You know, for the most part, everybody's being required in the insurance business to have, you know, multi-factor authentication in place. So, you know, that's a core requirement from a lot of carriers. Well, you know, it, as it is with ours. However, you know, if your MFA is there, we still offer a free service with Login TC where, you know, you can, you can call them, have them do an analysis of your system. Make sure that all of your endpoints are, are properly guarded with MFA. Um, you know, other tools that are being offered, not just by us as an insurance carrier, but every every other insurance carrier out there, a tele-insurance, take advantage of every service they have. And like I said, and like I said in the beginning, definitely, you know, definitely reach out to the breach coach, have a conversation, make sure your incident response includes them so that when when you know Spencer does call you, it, it is it is a, not an issue. It's it's you know you know Spencer. He's the he's the guy you trust. And the other thing I would say is, from an insurance company perspective, is we really should do a better job of you know making sure that 
not only do we know who Spencer is, but who some of the, the incident response firms are. And in that process, the insureds can always reach out to them and see what kind of, you know, pre-breach services they may offer. That would be, you know, that would be something, um, you know, that would be something useful to them. Yeah. And a lot of what you said goes to the heart of, you know, everything I try to tell my clients is use the services available, right? Use the consults that are given. Um, and the best way to, you know, really mitigate these potential harms is just to prepare, just to continue to prepare for, unfortunately, the inevitable and align yourselves with good partners like yourself, Larry, um, and make sure that you've got the right coverage in place. Uh, Larry, this this was awesome. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and giving uh, some great insight into the market and how kind of SMEs are going to can improve themselves and the synergy between us, you all and insureds. Thank you very much, Spencer. And, and you do a great job. And, and we're very proud to have you as our as our main point of contact when something does go awry. In the oh, Larry, you make me blush. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Spencer. All right. And uh, to everyone out there, keep the questions, calls, comments coming. 410-917-5189 or uh, email me at spollock at mcdonaldhopkins.com. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Have a great morning, great evening, great afternoon, or great evening. Thanks.